Greetings, Seamheads, and welcome into the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast, a Colorado Rocky-centric podcast powered by Mile High Sports. I'm your host, Anilo Piro, back at it with the latest installment of this Rockies podcast, looking to keep you, the fans, updated with all the news and notes surrounding your Colorado Rockies. Uh, looking forward to diving into what is uh, happening in the world of Rockies baseball here on this lovely Friday morning. Uh, Rockies set to start the unofficial start to the second half here tonight um, with a three-game set against the Cincinnati Reds here at Coors Field. So uh, I'll be there. I'll be there all weekend, um, all through that giant series, probably for the doubleheader as well. So uh, if you want to follow my work, be sure to give me a follow on the social media spheres on Instagram at avp.media and um, on Twitter at media by AP. Really, really do appreciate it when you guys give me a follow on there and uh, you know interact with my work. It, it really does help me improve my craft as a reporter. So really do appreciate that. But uh, before we dive into all of the stuff with the Rockies, you got to check us out at mileysports.com. If you consider yourself a true, tried and true Colorado sports fan, Mile High Sports is your one-stop shop destination for all things Colorado sports. Um, between the radio station, between the online site and the magazine, we have you covered from head to toe, um, you know, 365 days a year with Colorado sports coverage. Not just about the Rockies, though. You know, we have fantastic Broncos coverage, Nuggets coverage. I know TJ McBride, um, currently down in Las Vegas covering Summer League. He's killing it down there along with B-Skip. Um, you know, Ronnie K. he's even covering the Mammoth. You know, we have all of your, you know, all of your Colorado sports coverage needs, all that stuff is going to be found at Mile Sports, especially at MileHighSports.com. But uh, if reading isn't necessarily your thing, at least reading online, be sure to pick up a, a copy of the magazine. You can find the magazine um, at King Super's locations all across the front range from Fort Collins to Castle Rock. Um, really, like Doug Ottawell, who's the editor-in-chief over there with the magazine, he does such a phenomenal job. I mean, these magazines come out as local editions of Sports Illustrated. They're so clean. The stories in them are so unique. They're, you know, in invigorating and they're exciting to read some great advertisers in there as well so be sure to pick up a copy of the magazine and if listening is your thing you can listen to this podcast online or you can listen to this uh, uh, listen to my high sports on the radio am 1340 fm 1047 mr jim rome himself has made a return to the denver market broadcasting on our radio station now five days a week from 10 to 1 so be sure to check us out over there but you guys are here to listen about the colorado rockies and uh, hear about what's going on with them so quick recap of where we stand here before the unofficial second half of the season is set to begin. Rockies currently sitting in fourth place in the National League West Division um, behind the San Diego Padres, Arizona Diamondbacks, and Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, <laughs> the Dodgers are just so ap- absurdly good with a record of 60-32 and 32 that, you know, that division's been, you know, signed, sealed, and delivered for the most part for probably about two months now. So um, the Dodgers are once again going to run away with that division. So should the Rockies want to, you know, get back into the postseason, it would likely be um, in a wild card spot. I don't see the Dodgers falling off by any means. So, um, you know, unfortunately for Rockies fans and the organization, you know, they're going to be playing for another wild card spot. And, and to be quite frank, one, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to attain this season. Um, and I'll talk about that here in a little bit uh, as I talk about the trade deadline as well. But Rockies currently sitting a game below 500 with a record of 44 and 45 so you know not the best right now they've played and the interesting thing with the Rockies is they've played really good baseball in you know one to two week spurts you know they'll go on a, on a run of three or four series where they win all of them um, the pitching looks good the offense is clicking everything's kind of firing on all cylinders um, and, and you kind of saw that collapse and you saw the momentum stall here uh, right before the all-star break um, the pitching was awful the Rockies bats went dormant once again like they did earlier in the season um, and you know this is a a very hot and cold team and that's something that really might come to you know 
end up hurting this club here in the long run. So um, definitely something to keep an eye on to see how this team continues to react here um, now that the second half is set to begin. But definitely going to be... Um, you know, these first this first week or two is going to be really, really important for the Rockies. Um, you know, this is where they're going to have to decide if they're going to be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline. Um, you know, as we know, the Rockies do not have a tendency to go out and make, you know, massive splashes in, um, you know, the trade market or really even in free agency. Um, so, you know, I think they really have to be convinced that they have a shot to win a title this season should they want to be buyers. Um, and, you know, if the right opportunity presents itself to so maybe get off a couple contracts, a la Ian Desmond, a la Wade Davis, you know, and they're four or five games under 500, you know, with that July 31st deadline rolling around, you know, maybe they decide to sell, um, you know, and, and I don't want to, you know, throw the term rebuild out there because that's not what they would be doing. Essentially, it'd be retooling the roster for the long run. Um, but that's a subject that I'll get into here a little bit later. But um, yeah, the, the unofficial start to the second half starts today, three games set against the Cincinnati Reds, followed by a four game set versus the San Francisco Giants. So uh, all in all, a seven game homestand for the Rockies at Coors Field. Um, coming out of the break. So that's going to be an interesting one to witness. Um, you know, a big opportunity here for the Rockies to, um, you know, refine their footing and, and really get back on track this season, especially with, you know, two lesser opponents coming to town in the Cincinnati Reds and the San Francisco Giants. Cincinnati currently riding a record of 41 and 46. Um, and it's going to be the Battle of the Grays tonight. So uh, for the Rockies, they'll send John Gray to the mound. Gray has actually been the Rockies' best starting pitcher this season, miraculously, um, posting a record of 9-6 and six with an earned run average of 3.92. So he's been really, really nice um, and bounced back really well this season following a down 2018 season. So good stuff from him. And he'll be opposed by Reds hurler Sonny Gray. Man, I haven't heard that name in a minute. Um, Gray this season has been okay, pitching to a 5-5 five and five record and an earned run average of 3.59. So better than okay. He's been pretty good this season for Cincinnati. Um, and, and, you know, although the, I said that, you know, these are lesser opponents, Cincinnati is not a team to mess around with. You know, they, they have a respectable 40 and 41 and 46 record. Um, although it's not above 500, you know, they're a competitive team. They play hard every night and, you know, they're a young and up and coming team. So, um, you know, a, a nice little challenge for the Rockies out of the break to, you know, try to beat up on a team that they should be, quite frankly, if they expect to get to the postseason. So um, that's going to be really interesting to keep an eye on here as we as we move forward. But I think the major news um, of, you know, outside of just the games and the meaning of them is uh, the return, the expected return, I should say, of uh, left-handed pitcher Kyle Freeland. Um, Freeland, as you know, placed in the top five of National League Cy Young voting last season. Um, was absolutely unbelievable for the Rockies last year and has really just kind of fallen off this season. Last year, Freeland just was dominant, pitching to a 17-7 and record and an earned run average of 2.85. Um, you know, a tale of two seasons because it's been basically the complete opposite for him this season. Um, in 2019, Freeland has pitched to a 2-6 and record and an ERA over 7 with a mark of 7.13. Um, so not great stuff from Kyle Freeland this season. And because of that, you know, the Rockies opted to demote him to Triple A Albuquerque uh, earlier this year in an attempt to have him, you know, just trying to fix some stuff, um, regain his confidence, regain his swagger, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, so he was down there for, I want to say, about a month and, and really didn't pitch that well, to be honest with you guys. And, and, you know, the Rockies, for whatever the reason, maybe, and listen, let me let me backtrack a little bit. He has an ERA over eight and I believe five starts down to the minor leagues. Um, so obviously the numbers have been awful. He's been getting shelled. Um, you know, I think he had maybe one or two decent outings. But for the most part, the sample size has been just disastrous. But in talking with people with the knowledge of the situation, you know, the, in this kind of a situation, the numbers truly don't matter in their opinion. 
Um, you know, they said they didn't send Freeland down there to go see him put up zeros. They sent him down there so he could work inside to the left-handed batter um, and all that stuff. You know, they, they sent him down there just so that he can fine-tune some things that they felt like were inhibiting his performance um, at the major league level this season. But Freeland pitched to an 0-4 record and an ERA of 8.80 um, in six games down in AAA with the isotopes. So um, obviously not great. But, you know, considering where the Rockies are at, you know, they have to call him back up. He claims to feel rejuvenated. He claims to, um, you know, be a little bit more balanced and have a little bit more of a level head on the mound. And it's going to be interesting to see how he performs in his first major league start here in a minute um, Saturday night against the Cincinnati Reds. So definitely something to keep an eye on here as we continue to progress. Um, you know, throughout the second half of this season, but it's really, if the Rockies want to make the postseason, it's essential, it's essential that Freeland bounces back and kind of not even returns to Cy Young-esque form, but is just, you know, competent, you know, the ability to go out and throw just six innings of three-run ball, you know, and keep your team in games, kind of like what John Gray has done this season, to be honest. John has done a phenomenal job of, you know, stripping his game down to the bare bones and rebuilding and retooling himself as a pitcher. Um, and because of that, his mental tenacity has improved. Um, his pitch location and movement has improved. He's simplified his approach on the mound. And I think we've seen that work wonders for him this season. I mean, after what was a detrimental season last year for him. So I think Freeland may need to take a page out of Gray's book. Um, I think that would definitely um, be beneficial. And, um, you know, it's something that could help, you know, turn this guy around. And when, when I recorded some podcasts and wrote some articles about Freeland once he was demoted, um, you know, this is a guy that relies on his pitch location and his efficiency. You know, this isn't a guy like John Gray who throws 98, you know, with, with wicked action. You know, Gray or um, Freeland, excuse me, is much more of a tactician on the mound. So he does rely on that pinpoint accuracy, um, the ability to work, you know, both sides of the plate to batters. And that's something that he unfortunately um, was unable to do for a minute here. So, um, yeah, you know, this guy is, in my opinion, the key component of this club of this club moving forward. Um, we know this offense is going to hit and hit a lot. We know they're going to score eight, you know, six, seven, eight runs a game for the most part. Um, where you get yourself into trouble is when you end up losing 11 to nine or 10 to seven. You know, you can't be giving up as many runs as this club has been. Um, you know, as of late. So this, you know, and I keep hammering home the fact that these next two weeks are going to be, you know, critical because let's say that the Rockies come out, John Gray pitches well against Cincinnati, followed by Freeland and, you know, Marquez and, and, and you know, they win the series versus Cincinnati and then, you know, they happen to win the series against San Francisco and, and all seems well, you know, there are a few games above 500. Then you have to take a look at yourself in the mirror if you're Jeff Breidich and think about if it's worth investing in another bullpen arm. Because if Freeland is able to bounce back, that's essentially, you know, internal addition. You know, you didn't trade for him, but you're getting improved performance that you didn't necessarily have early on in the season. So that would be, you know, an internal addition. And then do you, does Breidich view the ability to go out and maybe trade for another relief pitcher? Does he view that as a viable option? Does he think that with the resurgence, resurgence of Freeland and the way that the team has played out of the gate, does he view that as an opportunity to, you know, seize the moment and try to make another run for this thing? Um, I don't know, but I do think that these next this next week or two, um, especially this homestand is going to be critical in terms of defining um, where this club stands. And I think the worst thing that could happen is if they go right around 500. Um, we def they definitely need to see some sort of definition. And at the end of the day, if you know if they do go 500, I think that's pretty you know indicative of what this club has been this year. You know, pretty much a 500 club. Although that they shouldn't really be that. You know, with four all stars or whatever, however many they sent this year. Um, you know, I know they sent the most position players amongst all of the teams this year. Um, they are littered with talent on the offense. 
offensive end. It's just this pitching continues to let them down um, and is unable to you know perform at the highest level to keep this team in games. So um, you know they're going to have to take a look in the mirror and, and figure out if they want to go all in for this thing or you know maybe sell off a couple assets and, and you know retool for the future. So um, it's it's going to be an exciting couple weeks here for for you guys, uh, Rockies fans, if you want if you want to stay up to date with this kind of stuff. But uh, let's let's talk about the scenario of should they decide to sell. And I just want to touch on this briefly because I'm going to write about it um, and I'm going to you know podcast about this here in the future as well. Um, there's two. They're not going to get rid of David Dahl. They're not going to get rid of Story Arenado. You know Blackman. That's not happening. You know those are your core players and and that core can be fantastic for you know six to seven years here in the foreseeable future. Um, there's two players in particular that the Rockies need to try to move if they decide they're not going to make a run for the playoffs this year. The first and probably the most obvious one is Ian Desmond. Um, Desmond has been playing much better baseball as of late. Um, you know, the first two years of this contract, the five-year contract that he signed with this club were just absolutely putrid. I mean, he was just awful. He really was. Um, but he has really picked things up here in 2019. Um, and it's really encouraging to see considering, you know, how bad he was playing early on. But, you know, a veteran bat, a versatile bat, he's hitting 274 with 11 home runs and 45 RBIs this season and an OPS of 826. Um, so he has been playing much better baseball, like I said. Um, and he's not just competent, but he's actually pretty solid. You know, he's come up with clutch base hits. He's stretched singles into doubles and whatnot. A little shaky in the outfield, but, you know, for a club that thinks that there may be a bench or a utility player away, um, maybe you can get off Desmond and, you know, get off some of that money and, and, you know, that frees you up here for the future. So that's one player. Um, I think that should be priority number one. Um, But if the Rockies are looking for a return, um, you know, maybe some prospects, maybe a decent player, um, look at Wade Davis. Uh, Wade Davis, I believe, has one year left on his deal. He's definitely getting a little bit older and he has been shaky this season. Um, That said, teams are desperate for proven commodities in terms of bullpen pitching and Davis is that he's a World Series champ he's closed numerous big games um, you know this is a guy that I think you can use the course field effect to his advantage when it when you're at the negotiating table you know oh his numbers are inflated because he pitched a course field blah blah you know but if, if there's a team out there that is willing to trade for Wade Davis and take on the rest of that contract and maybe kick you a prospect or two or a player or two I think the Rockies should absolutely jump on that deal um, again this is assuming the club does not believe they can contend for the World Series this year, um, you know, and I'm I, essentially I'm saying that if that is the case, they should concede um, and, and you know try to flip some assets and be better for 2020 and beyond. So um, that's just kind of my general synopsis on that situation um, regarding you know what they what's going to happen if they're in it versus what's going to happen if they're not. So um, you know these next couple of weeks, I know I've said it a million times now, but it, it's going to be um, you know really really defining in terms of where this club ends up this year. You know. We've seen in spurts that they could be a team like 18 and 17. And, you know, we've also seen, you know, a team that looks like reminiscent of the 08 team, you know, a team that had a hangover following that 2007 run to the World Series. So uh, we'll see. At the at the moment, the Rockies have uh, made the postseason in back-to-back years, but it's looking more and more difficult for them to accomplish that. Um, so we will have to see what's going on. But that's going to do it for the latest installment of this 20th and Blake podcast. Really, really appreciate it for you guys listening. Again, if you guys want to give me a follow, you guys can do that on Twitter at Media by AP and on Instagram at avp.media. But I'm going to get over to Coors Field tonight. Maybe I'll see you guys over there, but uh, that's going to do it for me, folks. We'll talk to you later. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.